Welcome to the Start, Scale, Succeed podcast with me, your host, Nicole Higgins, the Buy and Retail Coach, sharing tips, advice, and insight from entrepreneurs that have just launched to multi-million pound business owners. We will be discussing the challenges they faced, advice they would give, and the milestones they achieved and how they got there. Also joining me will be a broad range of experts with some tips and practical how-tos, episodes that will help your business grow and to enable you to live the life you crave. The types of experts that you'll hear from will be those that you will find beneficial as you start and scale your business, from branding and social media experts to mindset coaches and PR marketing. There will also be solo episodes from me discussing a variety of topics from sourcing to maximizing the profit in your business. this week's episode of Start, Scale, Succeed. And today I am joined by Lily Kay, who is the founder of Patchy, a children's wear brand. Thank you very much, Lily, for joining me today. Um, thank you for having me. Thank you for inviting me. Now, Lily, I love what your brand stands for. Can you explain to the listeners what Patchy is about and how the idea came about? Patchy is a children's lifestyle brand aimed at promoting adventure, and um, in, and learning through uh, creating different products that represent children's achievements and also that represent themselves and their individuality. It actually started when my husband and I started worrying about um, what products would fill our son's room. And um, we found a gap in the market for things that w- would represent um, children's interests and um, represent themselves in a fun way. So we came up with patches, which the children could collect. And then we started thinking about where these patches would be housed. So we came up with the belt backpack, um, which was inspired by our travels through Asia. It's a very empowering brand in terms of the message that it has. And, you know, you were talking about the patches there. What kind of messages do they have on those for the children? Um, So I I always use the term positive imagery. So that Mm. could be, for example, we have a patch, one of our bestsellers, I Love to Read which encourages children to pursue um, reading the books that they love or comments, whatever it is that suits them best, but also um, engaging in new new ways of reading. Um, and then we have other styles such as we all part the same rainbow, which is um, aimed at representing children from all different ethnic backgrounds and represent the actual colours of their skin um, to make them feel united. So there's a lot of, uh, yeah, positive messages in there. And when, so how many years ago did you start the brand? Um, Three years ago now, but launched into, yeah, 2020. And um, so this is something that you have been doing on the side along your main job. And how have you managed to balance that with a family as well? Balance is the word. So I, I would say like balance your hats. You know, there's days when I'll well close one laptop just to open another one. Um, and the mental, the sort of the mental test on one's on one's mind is unreal. Yeah. However, I'm a you know, I'm a firm believer of hard work and resilience, um, but but also equally anyone can burn out. So I think it's important to listen to the body. Um, you know, when you have all these different roles to play. You know, when you're a parent, especially, you need that energy. You need to save for that energy. So it's about listening to your body um, and, and stopping and taking a break um, when you need to. And so a lot of people will be that are listening will be doing will be like yourself that have their own, you know, a nine to five job and either want to start a brand on the side or have already started a brand on the side. How have you I know that you said in terms of, you know, you try and balance it. Are there, are there any things that you've kind of learned over the three years that that 
in how it works for you and what works best for you from that balance point of view and 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 relation to your results as well um I think well there's certain I just thought of that sort of tools that can be used you know create using calendars I know it sounds like such a an obvious thing to do but for me that works best like mm-hmm. having everything out in front of me um using Microsoft to-do list creating those on a so I can make sure that everything's being covered just making sure that I say I sort of time block as much as I can because things can take precedence you know especially when you're on somebody else's time so just ensuring that you have some sort of time block schedule to to ensure you're doing those things and you're you're matching that up with your to-do list to to make sure that you're making that those small steps to progress because it can take a long time when you're managing when you're running an, um, a small business and you you have nine to five as well. Um, and you can get distracted. I mean, you know, we can all get distracted very easily. So, you know, keeping that focus so that you can manage both things is, is really key. So you've yeah. recently started to look at wholesale. Yes. Talk to me about that journey. Why did you decide to go down that route and what has that looked like for you so far? Uh, so wholesale, um, has always been sort of one of my business goals for me. I think the aim for, for Patchy in my eyes is to increase the community, first of all, because I absolutely love the community that I have at the moment. You know, the, the customers that keep coming back, the children that look out for my store when they're at the local market. Um, so I think for me, yeah, wholesale would just be increasing that community, and um, helping Patchy become on its way to sort of being a ho- household brand, you know, mm-hmm. um, that one place that parents can come to to, to buy a, a story as opposed to just a product. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's the reason that I wanted to, to sort of start tapping into wholesale. Um, so you can walk down your local high street and you can purchase um, a Patchy product. Um, and yeah. you've recently um, exhibited at a trade fair for the first time. Yes. Talk me through the, how did you go about that? Because again, people that are listening will be thinking about investing in a trade fair. You know, what have you learned? You know, how did you prepare for that? What have you learned about that experience? Um, so, yeah, that was a, a big, a big step to take, both um, mentally and financially, of course, um, yeah. as, as we know that they are an investment. Um, it took a lot of um, pre-work. So again, I go back to depending on the type of, you know, person you are, left brain or right brain, creating those to-do lists, um, creating, I actually created a mind map so I could see the project as a whole. Um, and then from there, I knew what needed to be done, what could be sort of, re- what I could reach out for help with. And then slowly, slowly after, uh, you know, over the few months running up to the trade show and things started to fall into place. Um but yeah, it, it takes a lot. It, it's a project, I think. But also, mm. it's key to not over overcomplicate, um, overcomplicate it either. Yeah, or overspec it, or overspend. I think you probably have to have in your mind, kind of, because obviously you've got the depending on the size of your stand, you've probably got what maybe a two or three grand investment in the space. Exactly. Yeah. You know, and then you have to make it look appealing to for people passing by so whether that's massive banners or I mean your stand I saw your stand on Instagram it looked fantastic and was so eye-catching I bet you had loads of really good comments whether they were buying bags or not just saying wow this stand looks amazing um 
So I think it's definitely about, you know, creating an eye-catching stand. And, um, but like you said, it is that investment, but sometimes you can have, you can go too much into it, you know, in terms of knowing what is commercial, what's satisfactory, you know, you don't want to completely overspend on, on your stand and decorating the stand and, and all of that. Cause it is, it's a three day event or a two day event, depending on your trade fair. And you want to make sure that you're getting the return on the investment um, so it's striking that balance between creating something that's eye-catching and um, but not overspending too much as well. Yeah, exactly. I think you, you, you've hit the nail on the head there. Exactly. So I think, again, going back to that mind map, you know, working your way through it, seeing what do you want those buyers to see when they first see you, sharing your story. Because I think they're the main two things that I, looking back on, would have stripped it back slightly. I mean, I wouldn't have changed the huge uh, backpack wall that we created, which took four hours to to put up. Um, but also, I would have um, I would have just made a few tweaks, perhaps to sharing a story, perhaps just a simple, you know, a printout with a backstory on it. Um, because I do think that we can overcompensate when we don't need to. A perfect example, actually, um, the last minute my printers fell through. And I didn't have any of the catalogs that I spent months working on. And in the end, I ran onto Canva, I created a QR code and I handed that out with a quirky little, in a quirky patchy passport to hand to the buyers. And that, that alone saved me time and money, gave me um, an opportunity to engage in new conversation, speak to the buyers about, um, you know, about their adventures and what's on their bucket list, which ties into my brand story. So I think, Keep it simple, keep it clean and think, you know, if you were a buyer, what was the first thing you'd like to see? And I think, yeah, it'd probably save a lot more time in the long run. I think the QR is a great QR code is a great idea because so many people since COVID and everyone having to scan menus, you know, QR codes have yeah. been around for a while, but people haven't really didn't start really using them until COVID and they had to scan their food menus or whatever, you know, whatever it might yes. be. So people are so much more familiar with it now. And I think another good thing, because with the trade fair, depending how busy your stand is, you might not be, you know, people might be passing by. So if you've got something that they can pick up that's got the QR code on it or a massive banner that they can just scan the QR code from that takes them straight to your website or your, you know, like you say, your catalogue and your and your price list, that that saves time and it's just something that's eye-catching and that they can get that information as well. How far in advance did you start planning for it? Um, about six months. Uh, yeah about six months that was when I made the decision to sign up and it's it's funny because I think even then I couldn't really plan I, I still you know within that first week with the week before the trade show had last minute things to do because everything comes in into, co- into content when closer to the time but yeah. six months give or take like I said creating that overall mind map what needs to be done having your numbers ready, you know, having who's going to make the graphics, how much stock do you need? What, what's that stock going to look like? Do you need to prepare labels for that stock? You know, what, what other things need to come together um, to make that successful um, trade show? So about six months and then doing something little towards it every every week or so. I suppose, especially because you're managing your own nine to five as well. Yeah. So depending on what people have on their plate might depend because... <laughs> you had to space it out maybe a little bit longer because 
you've had to other things that you need to manage as well and did you give away any like promotional items on the stand like any free um I didn't actually no Mm. but I know it's common and that's another thing that I decided not to do although I know it's very common too um instead I had um like a like I mentioned just before like a quirky little bucket list thing an activity for people oh yeah to mm-hmm. then go back and tag me in so I know what's on their bucket list. Because yeah. I wanted something, um, I wanted something in, engaging rather just to sort of give them. But I know it's a very popular way to, so people have something to go home with, to look at, to feel, you know, something um, tangible to keep um, after the trade show. But like you say, also, it's about weighing up the cost, isn't it? You can, the cost. You, can, you can keep, you can keep going over and over and uh, overboard in terms of what you actually deliver and in terms of trade fairs what would you say knowing that you know now what would be your advice that you would give to people that are thinking of exhibiting for the first time um I would say go for it because I am a true believer in in not taking risks to make it sound like such a such a large risk but in in some yeah in some sense it is a risk you don't know the outcomes of it but I would I would say go for it stay within your means you know whatever's feasible for you because that's important um because the more feasible the better experience you're going to have right like if you if you save like we just discussed if you save on those small things then overall it will make a large difference and you'll have a better experience but I say go for it um meet people is a is an you know a great opportunity to network to to get that professional feedback as well um I prepared myself for so many different comments to come you know um constructive criticism um and luckily actually I didn't receive any um so it's funny what we prepare ourselves for but that alone you know meeting you know because opportunities comes in all, in all different ways so it's definitely something I would say to invest in it's an investment and we talked earlier on before we started recording about making sure that you're choosing the right trade fair for you Correct, yeah. um you know that you because I suppose the one that you went to probably had was geared to slightly different audiences and you may have only had maybe about five percent of your true buyers of that audience so maybe it's I think looking at what are the best trade fairs for you, for you to go to and if you can to get to them before before you start to before you invest in that time to exhibit and, and and the other thing that we're talking about is closing that sale or you yes. know doing that follow-up um either on the stand or you know kind of making those appointments for after because you can see so many people and people are either sometimes in the mood to buy when they're there and then depending on what their business is and how their business is doing and then a lot of other people need to think about it but it, it's making that it's either trying to close that sale when you're there or doing that you know having that follow-up appointments in the diary rather than it just being nice conversations you know because you're there at the end of the day to obviously increase the exposure of the brand but to make a sale yeah and that was in the forefront of my mind as well and Um, yeah and knowing and sometimes sales can be you know people don't like to sell or don't like to put themselves out there what would you do if you were to do another trade fair um what do you think you would do differently um, so other than the things that we spoke about, yeah. sort of strip, stripping a small, you know, a small amount of things back, I would definitely have um, different language to use um, to be shared amongst the team as well to ensure that sale is closed. Mm-hmm. Um, and if it can't be closed, you know, then have a calendar booking as we were discussing before. I think that's a brilliant way because um, we did have an order form 
open on the day and um, although there was encouragement to order it wasn't quite closing that sort of closing that sale sort of you know would you like to order today mm-hmm. um so i think it would definitely be more led um it would be more led around um you know can we get that order placed today and perhaps offering even an incentive um yeah. to make an order that day i think that would be a good way and you do have to have the confidence um because you just it just shows more belief in the brand i think really yeah i think like you said in terms of getting it offering a discount on that day when i've been to trade fairs um that's what a lot of brands have done actually is offered a 10 percent or 15 percent discount for orders on the day because you know you know as a, as a brand owner you're then right in their mind and it's like yeah okay order done you know and and then as a, as someone who would be a buyer there knowing that you've got a better deal by placing on the day is is a further incentive and it is it's like what what's the reason that they would place there and then you know yeah some, some people don't have time but it's then like you say getting the the dates in the diary to to get it done again Everybody and it's a discount Yes, especially in these times. And um, what do you think, what are your goals for the business going forward? Uh, so, well, wholesale, definitely. Yeah. Um, as I mentioned, um, becoming that, that household band where people, you know, are looking for a story other than a product. Um, I think that is where, that, that's my focus, certainly for the next sort of two to three years. Of, um, and that's where I want the Apache journey to go. And what would be, what would be your ideal retailer that you would like to see your um, products in? That's a good. That's a really good question, actually. Um, it, it's funny because for because I have sort of two leading products. I have the bags and I have the patches. I think for the patches, your local high street because mm-hmm. that's where all your small communities shop. And there's nothing greater. So when I run a, a weekly market, there's nothing nicer than the children looking out for your stands, coming up, looking through all the patches and choosing their patches and hearing the parents describe why they're getting that patch that day. I mean, yeah. last week we had um, um, a local dad come and buy um, his son a camping patch. He's already got a bag and, and a few patches, but his friend had one. So his dad had to come that day and buy one for him too. So for the patches... Yeah, for the bags, I would love um, Selfridges mm-hmm. because there's a quirkiness, there's a vibe to it that I think the bags will fit in perfectly. They pop with colour, um, and of course you have the you know the the, the ethical and, and the eco side to them as well. But I think they'd fit in well with the type of um, customer there. Um, but of course, equally, the two go perfectly together. No, so. Absolutely. And lastly, into what are you? As a business owner and a brand owner, what do you are you struggling with at the moment? I think social media, um, mm-hmm. if I can think sort of at the top of my head, mainly because the, it is a it's a huge channel and a huge platform for us to to sell ourselves. And there's with the increase in demand to have to be on camera, um, to be on you know to make reels, to make videos. Um, that's a lot of time and that time can equal to money. And when you have a nine to five um, and a small business, time is very precious, you know, as I spoke about before. So time blocking now looks a lot different for social media now. It looks a lot different to it how it was before, you know, planning a few pictures together. Yes. So, you know, I made it's like three, hour, three hours to do like 20 reels or something this like that. This is exactly it. This is exactly mm-hmm. it. And, you know, I made a reel last week to announce, um, our awards and I'll make you laugh because 
I had to find a place in the house suitable for recording. Then when I found a place with good lighting, my eyebrows hadn't been done. So I had to go, go. I left the house, go and got my eyebrows done. I had to wait for the, for the redness to go down. And then I was ready to film. And, you know, it, it's funny, but that whole reel possibly took about an hour and a half, two hours out of my time, which could have been doing, you know, I could have been sat and going through my wholesale tracker or yeah. you know, running through through costs and whatever. So I would say social media um, <laughs> for me at the moment. And yeah. just, I just want to touch on, um, you mentioned the awards um, side of things. Yes. Tell me, what have you recently won? I have won a double award. So I entered the Junior Design Awards and my backpacks went into the Best Children's Travel Product and my patches were entered into the uh, Best Children's Fashion Accessory category. And I won gold. I won gold for the patches and then my bags won um, bronze. I was up against two quite um, established brands, Mm -hmm. just like kids and... um, a scribble mat, which is an Australian brand. So I'm, I'm, I'm really proud for both. I, I think it's still sinking in that we won gold as well. That's fantastic. So. And is that the first time that you've entered into those awards? It is the first time I've entered into the Junior Design Awards. So you can, anything is achievable. Yeah. And I suppose yeah. for those people listening that have a kids wear brand or any brand, you know, enter into those awards. And, you know, it is if your product is good enough, has that design, has what they're looking for. You know, you don't need to be established for five years in 50 retailers or whatever it might be so where can people buy patchy they can head straight to my website which is patchy uh, www.patchy.co.uk um, you can also find that website through my social media um, instagram and tiktok as well and i'll put those in the show notes um of the episode so thank you very much for joining me today lily and i hope you have enjoyed listening to this episode i'll be back again next week with a great guest and if you've enjoyed listening to start scale succeed i would love if you could leave a review and see you next week bye